James chapter 1 and verse 11, please. James chapter 1, and we'll read verse 11. James chapter 1, and we'll read verse 11. Now, in this passage, it is about the second advent and the Lord Jesus Christ where he judges the wicked. This is referring to the timeline of the tribulation. And usually in that timeline, the poor people are going to be those who, who serve the Lord. They're called tribulation saints because they do not take the mark of the beast system. They go through poverty-stricken cases and they die out. The elitists, however, are the ones who try to control the world and triumph. So God's judgment falls upon the rich in this case. That's what the passage is referring to. And the son is referring to Jesus Christ when he comes down at Armageddon. And from his second advent, fire burns the wicked. James chapter 1 and verse 11 reads, For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So shall the rich man fade away in his ways." So you can see right here that the passage is referring to Armageddon, where Jesus Christ burns up the wicked, and in this case, the rich elitists. From this passage, I can see several things that cannot stand the heat of God. And what we have to understand that our God is almighty. Our God is actually pictured as this son at the book of Malachi chapter 4, being the son of righteousness with healing in his wings, as the passage says. Being the son of righteousness that he is, nothing can stand his heat. Now, Jesus Christ, our son, the son of God, is going to last for eternity. He's going to last. He's going to outlast everything in this world. But everything in this world, when it stands um, uh, when it stands underneath his rays, it'll burn up. It'll turn to stubble. It'll turn into nothing. There's a lot of things in this life that we go through that we feel defeated, where we feel discouraged, where the devil has gotten a hold of us. But we forget one thing is that those things are always temporary. And whenever you're depressed and whenever you feel down or whenever the devil gives you a hard time or when things in this world just seems too miserable to you, you got to tell yourself this is that you got to tell yourself, hey, this is only temporary. And when you look at those things that are bringing you down, you got to look at them in the face and say, hey, you're temporary. But what I got inside me, the Lord Jesus Christ He's going to outlast you. And I think Christians fail to understand that what we got is real and what we got is eternal and it'll outlast everything. And the reason why we still come to this church is because we know this is something that lasts forever, what we have. And that it's going to count for eternity. Even if they shut down the doors and close everything down and the Christians are under hiding, guess what? You cannot stop the church and God's truth will march on. What we have is real. But everything that the people try to grab, job opportunities, windows of opportunities, and then pleasures into this world and money, all of them can't stand it. They can't last forever. They're only temporary. And if you have God inside you, guess what? It's going to outshine those things. And those things can't stand its heat, and it will turn to dust and melt.
In the end, as we've heard before, we're on the winning side. I hope that today's preaching will encourage you. The title of my message today is Can't Stand the Heat. Let's pray. Now, Father, you're going to have to fill within me the power of your Holy Spirit and the cleansing of your blood. Uh, A lot of people, I don't know if they're going through this right now, but they might feel down and they might feel discouraged. And this is an encouraging sermon. And I pray that you'll fill within me your Holy Spirit and get the job done because I can't get the job done, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, the first point is fiery suffering, fiery suffering. I want you to look at the first point here at verse 11. Now, we're going to keep looking at verse 11. This will be a textual sermon. In other words, we're going to only look at one verse and break apart each word and phrase for the points. Verse 11 says, for the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat. Well, we know that the sun is Jesus Christ, but we also know what burning is referring to. Burning can actually refer to the fiery trial. It can refer to suffering. I want you to go to, keep your hand here, go to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Suffering is referred to as a fiery trial, and it's a burning A lot of times when you feel like you're going through the flame of your situation, it seems to burn you up. It seems to eat you inside and you feel like that you're going to be way down and you feel like it's too much. I give up things in life. I I just give up. Uh, I can't just keep going on. But here's the ironic part. The ironic part is that In James 1, for the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, we know that Jesus Christ, the sun, will last forever. And that things in this world will burn up and turn to dust. But guess what? Even the burning flame itself is temporary and will wither and die along with the rest. That's the ironic part. Didn't you know that the burning flame, that thing can burn up and you feel like the one that can't last. You feel like the one that's going to fade away. But the irony is, you're the one that's going to last while that fiery suffering, that burning, is actually going to be the one to die out. Isn't that funny? Uh, You would think that because of that sun that gives off the burning heat, that's the one that's going to last and burn up everything else. But actually, no, its own rays, the burning itself, won't stand its own heat and die out. But you yourself will be the one who will outlast the burning rays and the burning heat, and you're going to be the one standing. Because look at 1 Peter 1, verse 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, notice might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I thought that when Jesus Christ appears, the fire is going to be the one that will last out. Well, guess what? You're the one that's going to last out at his appearing when he comes. Bless God. Amen. Because suffering cleans off the dross of you, cleans off the impurities off of you. And then what it does suffering is that, yes, God is the sun, and the sun is the one that's burning you up. And then you feel like you're the one that's going to wither and die. No, what's withering and dying is just the dross on you. 
the impurities on you. And suffering, what it does is that it teaches you more maturity. It teaches you perfection. It teaches you how to grow up. It teaches you to trust God. It takes you on the next spiritual level. And by doing that, you come out. The new Gene Kim is different from the old Gene Kim from five years ago. Because what made the difference was that fiery suffering. Fiery suffering is just making you into a better person. Praise the Lord that when you go through uh, suffering in this life, the pain, the trial, the torment, I don't know what it is, uh, financial uh, troubles, health problems, family issues, it may be the church itself, but guess what? When you look at those things, it's just temporary. It's just temporary, and you're going to outlast the problem. <laughs> the problem won't last forever, but you're going to last longer than the problem. So uh, why get out of church? Because you think the problem's going to last longer than you. Isn't that why? That's your problem. You think that the problem in the church is going to last longer than you. That's why you're the first one to bail out of church, not the church problem. No, you're going to outlast that church problem. So you drag your uh, stubborn self into church, glue yourself to your seat, and just uh, tough it out and let the church problem itself wither and die out. And it will wither and die out, and then you're... Uh, maturity, your understanding, love for the brethren will increase 10 times more. And then you're going to outlast the church problem itself. Financial bills, you know what? They, they just come and go. They're temporary. Health problems and stuff, they're even temporary. I mean, it's not going to last forever. No, it's just it's part of my life. It's going to be permanent. No, it don't last forever. It's called you're going to die. And guess what? You're going to still outlast that pain and that suffering. So health problems don't last forever. Family problems don't last forever. As a matter of fact, even uh, they, there are some problems, let's admit, that could probably go on for a lifetime, but they don't go on for eternity. And you are going to outlast those sufferings and by five million years in heaven, because uh, your duration lifespan is longer than the suffering, you're going to forget those 100 measly years of suffering. So you're going to last forever. So look at the health issue, the financial issue, and the suffering that you're going through, and the burning, fiery sensation that you feel that's eating you up, and you feel like you're going to wither and die. No, you're not going to wither and die. That flame itself will wither and die. And you're going to be the one that will stand, and you will be the one that will outlast. Suffering can't stand the heat. But you, my friend, can take the heat because God promised he has not given you a temptation greater than you can bear and you can go through it. God gave you a promise. My grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Bless God. Hallelujah. And then the devil, he starts attacking you. A lot of times when you do something right, it feels like the devil's watching you and just waiting for you to mess up or waiting for that window of opportunity to attack. That's why a lot of Christians, they find it hard to just keep going on for God and keep serving him. Because when you overcome one attack, then the devil, he sends out another. Devil won't just leave this church alone, would he? Sometimes you wish he would just get off of our backs, right? It's like when we get a victory, then here comes another one. The devil's 
keeps attacking. But guess what? The Son of God himself is everlasting and greater in power. And when that Son of God is inside your heart, then he's going to last forever. And he's going to, and its own heat and his own power will burn up the devil's attacks. You know why God gives Satan permission to attack you? So that I can wither and die. No, so that his attack can wither and die. So that you can outlast the devil's attack. You got to realize that the Lord Jesus Christ himself, he is inside you and he will give you the power to overcome. To overcome whatever Satan throws at you. What's he going to throw at you? You know, you're not burning in hell. What's he going to throw at you? No matter what he throws at you, you can outlast his attack. You can outlast his attack. The devil has no greater power than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, all it takes is just a little flinch of his finger and the devil goes poof like that. If you got Jesus Christ inside you, there is no fear and there is no cowardice. There's no good reason to be cowardly when the devil starts attacking you. You just have complete faith. You rest in his arms and you can have confidence that what you go through, everything will be all right. Why? Because this, when you're going through that storm and the devil's going, ah, just remember it's temporary. Let him keep roaring. Let him keep clawing at you because it's only temporary. And then eventually that son of righteousness is going to outshine him and he'll die out. You move on. You survive. How many attacks from Satan have you already survived? Due to Jesus Christ, due to his inner power. Why doubt him now? Why doubt his great, greater power? Satan's attacks can't stand the heat. He can try to demon-possess this entire world. He has his own religion. He has his own government. He has his own schools. You get worried about your own children, what they're going to grow up into. You're worrying about your job, about the, the people around you, and then the community that you're living in, the church that we're at, and the city that this church is at. We get worried about what's going to be the future of politics, the future of our country and everything because of how Satan controls and puts his claws against this world. Just remember this, it's only temporary. But the church lasts forever. A Christian who serves the Lord will last forever. A family that serves the Lord will last forever. And his blessings upon you and his promise of protection will last forever. It will outshine the devil. The devil's attacks can't stand the heat of God's everlasting power. What worse can the devil do? He cannot outpower Jesus Christ. So guess what? When the devil starts attacking you, you tell him that you can't outpower my Savior. You can't outpower his protection. You cannot outpower his provision. So no matter what the devil throws at you, remember this is that you'd say, hey, you're only temporary. Yeah. But I'm forever. Oh, he hates that. Oh, he'll hate that. He'll say, oh, yeah, you think you're forever? I'll, I'll show you. And then he'll try to do everything on you. But guess what? With that Holy Spirit inside you, you will still last. Sure, you may da get down. The devil might get you to stumble. And then you might feel defeated and discouraged. But guess what? You're still living. You're still breathing. And God, ne and God will, can still use you. Can't stand the heat. The devil's attacks. So you just move on. Fiery suffering, it's not going to, what worse can it do? Oh, the worst it can do is what? One week? Two weeks? One year? 
Some of the sufferings you've forgotten is behind you now. You've just gotten used to it. You know why? It withered and died out. And, but you lasted. Your mind lasted. Your sanity lasted. Your character, your integrity lasted. Uh, let's look at our main text again, Second Peter, uh, James 1, excuse me, James 1, verse 11. If we return to our main text, the Bible says, But it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth. It says, But it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth. The second point is fleshly surroundings, fleshly surroundings. Now, notice right here that all nature itself and everything that, inhabit, that human flesh inhabits, all of fleshly nature withers and dies out. So we have to understand that when you are going through fleshly issues, right? And one of the greatest enemies, if not the greatest enemy, is your flesh. And boy, you hate that flesh. And that flesh, man, sometimes some of you are struggling with an addiction. And I mean an addiction. And it's so dark that you feel like that it's hopeless. You can never break free. Some of you are so sick and tired where you got the victory and you're living clean. And all of a sudden, this wrong thought pops up in your mind. And you're like, where did that come from? I mean, I never even struggled with that. Where did that come out of nowhere? And you're trying to live right. And while you're living right, all of a sudden you say something wrong or you say something stupid and then you just cause the problem. Sometimes you can sin accidentally. You know that? You can sin accidentally. There are times that in your flesh that you try to do your best and you do what's right and then you put everything in your ability and yet you still sin and mess up by accident. And sometimes, this is even the worst part, when you sin accidentally, you feel like that you've hurt a lot of people. Especially when you get into a position of responsibility higher than more accountability. Uh, Parenting is one great example of that. So what happens is there's just so much pressure and you hate this, how weak this flesh is. And how often this flesh sins and lets God down. What, What are you embarrassed about? What are you upset about? It's temporary. This thing don't last forever. You got to realize that when you go through temptation and with sin, it can't stand the heat of God's son. That word of God lasts for eternity. You know that? No matter how strong the addiction is, remember this. Yeah, the addiction may be strong and sometimes the old nature can pop up here and there, but guess what? A lot of that thing that you were trapped into, those things, they can change. Your brain addiction pattern can change. Because it's replaced with the spiritual things of God. You can get victory. Why? Because the word of God has more power than your own brain. And you got to believe in that. If you have faith in the Lord and stand upon his promises, those things will outlast any fleshly temptation. My friend, when you feel defeated and down and the devil gets to you, just tell your temptation this. You're only temporary. And guess what? Even if you satisfy your sin and your flesh, tell your sin this. Hey, you're only temporary. Yeah, why don't you do that, huh? Why don't some of you, if you fall back to the same sin again, why don't you tell yourself, well, that was temporary. How about that? Are you satisfied now? Didn't that feel great? Wasn't that wonderful? Because that was only temporary. 
Maybe that might get your joy up a little bit. And tell that sin, tell that flesh, tell that sinful pleasure, hey, that was temporary. You done? You happy now? But guess what? That word of God lasts forever. Prayer lasts forever. Answers to prayer lasts forever. The everlasting God, the Son, His power lasts forever. Why not yield to the Holy Spirit? Why not stay encouraged? Tell sin and tell every billboard you see and screen that you have in your phone and then the laptop and then the MacBooks. Tell all of them, you're temporary. You're temporary. But this one is eternal. It's eternal. Tell every location and place that you see that you drive by and then the urge of the flesh lingers and is still there. Tell yourself, tell that urge, you're temporary. You won't last forever. Let sin get its laugh even. Let sin get its laugh on you. But guess what? It's only temporary. The flesh is only temporary. But you will last forever. The Holy Spirit's power will last forever. You know, why delve into sin? Some people refuse to get saved because, you know why? Because they know that once they get saved, that there are sin problems that they can't mess around with anymore. And they know that uh, Christianity, that God hates sin. That's the reason why some people attack Christianity because they want to keep their sin that badly. That badly. Why would you have that attitude? Why would you have that heart? It's only temporary. Why stick to the things of the flesh? Make your flesh feel good. Why well, I want to do it because what? Make you feel good? Well, yeah, that's right. Okay, but it's only temporary. Why keep doing that? Why keep doing that? Sure, the Christian life and doing the right thing is not easy and it's hard, but guess what? Those things last forever. Those things last forever. It produces permanent fruit. And God uses it for his glory. Uh, the flesh, the fleshly surroundings is my second point. And all these surroundings of the flesh can just get to you. One thing I hate, I don't know about you, but one thing that I hate is that I do what's right. I read my Bible. I pray. I go to church. I help out some people. I sow in at the same time. My flesh just feels rotten. And my flesh just feels depressed. And my flesh just feels so much fear. And my flesh, it just feels so much worry. And my flesh, it just feels uncomfortable. And one thing that I hate is that in a Holy Spirit-filled church service, even if I shout amen, I don't feel like it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, amen. Amen. Man, don't you hate that? Sure, I hate that. Man, I hate that. But I don't stop shouting. I don't stop reading that book. I don't stop praying. You might say, why? Because those things last forever. But that feeling, it's temporary. Yeah, you, what do you do? Just, just read, that, uh, read that Bible and then uh, read so much till it goes away. Just pray and then till it goes away. Just Shout it away, you know, praise it, yeah. the Lord, and then to just praise it away. And then 
You just keep doing that because the Holy Spirit inside you, I'm sorry, is sealed to the day of redemption. So because the Holy Spirit's inside you, you know what you should do? You should yield to the Spirit, even when the flesh don't feel like it, and tell that sucker, that rundown flesh, hey, you're only temporary. And if you're stuck at home with the flu or with COVID and you can't be at church today and you feel rotten and you're watching this preaching, well, guess what? Tell that flu you're temporary because next Sunday I'm getting back to church. See, so what's the, what's the big deal about the rundown feelings of the flesh? Worry, fear, they don't last forever unless you let it. Unless you let it. But they don't last forever. <laughs> Bless God. So just tell you, sir, it's temporary. You're worried? Okay, but it's temporary. You're fearful? It's temporary. You're depressed? It's te temporary. Let me say this. This might encourage you a bit. Pastor, I know that depression is wrong and is a sin. But, man, it's so hard. I just, uh, man, it's so hard to overcome it. It's okay to feel depressed. It's okay to feel worried. As long as you admit it and you give it to the Lord in prayer. It's okay. And while you're praying, it's still there. That's okay. You might say, why? Because it's temporary. It's a natural instinct of the flesh to worry, to fear, and to feel depressed and everything. Let, it, let the flesh run. Because it's temporary, all right? Let it go through its stages, okay? And then... Put it behind you and move on. See, it's temporary. Why? It can't stand the heat of God's sun. If you got the sun of God inside you, what have you got to lose? You got nothing to lose. The flesh, though, with its feelings, what has it got to lose? Everything. Everything. Praise the Lord. Next point. Uh, look at James 1.11. And the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. <coughs> My third point is fashionable society. Fashionable society. You notice right here that the fashion, the grace, and the beauty of things just die out. They don't last forever. One of the enemies of the Christian life is the world. And the world always likes to glamorize. Likes to make sin graceful. You know what it can do? It can, the world can do the most odd, wicked thing. It can take the most vile, most disgusting sin and turning it to something appealing and beautiful. That's the world. That's the wicked world that we live in. But guess what? The Bible says it's temporary. It's going to perish. You know, the things that we're going through in this life, people have a lot to be concerned about in this world, especially the past two years, especially every time you pass by a gas station. And then you're like wondering, what's the price today? There's a lot of things to worry about in this world, especially about what your future is going to look like in your job and the future is going to look like for your children. Future is going to look like with what you plan out with uh, the school, the place that you live in. People are moving around because they're worried about the demographics and what's going on. Crime and things are just rising. 
There's a lot to be worried about, a lot to be concerned about. And you know, people are actually moving out. People are moving away from Bible-believing churches just to try to escape, try to get away from what their worries, worried and fearing about in this world. But guess what? It's only temporary. You know that? What are you chasing after? Higher pay, higher pay. Temporary. I get enough to provide for my own. Okay, what about your kids? All right, I got enough to provide for my kids. Okay, what about the next generation? What about other loved ones you're going to come across in life? See, you know what you're chasing after? One temporary thing to relieve a temporary issue. Then another temporary thing to relieve another temporary issue. And another temporary thing relieving another temporary issue. And then, so then you have to cross all these out, right? I just have one. It's called prayer. Problem solved. That lasts forever. And that's the son of God and his might. I've seen God where he answered prayer. He provided my needs. He provided miracles in my life. He took care of my future. He took care of my provisions. He took care of my finances. He takes care of my family. He takes care of my church. He takes care of my well-being. Is it not God and God alone? Without God, would I not die? Thank God, I have something that lasts forever. Why chase everything after? Every, every skirt of this world, huh? Like a whoremonger, huh? Why do I have to chase every skirt of this world like a whoremonger and then grab something to appease something temporary in life? Those things are temporary. They don't last forever. But God lasts forever. Staying in that book lasts forever. Winning souls, that's gold. That lasts for eternity. You transformed, you changed a person's life forever. You know that? When you win a soul to Christ, you changed a person's life forever. If there's something you want to get involved in the world, get the world to Jesus Christ. Get them saved. Rather than following the trash of this world and headed for destruction, that's all temporary. It perisheth. But when you go out to the world and win them to Christ, that's forever. You change their life forever. They go to heaven forever. They get saved from hell forever. They become a child of God forever. They're free from the bondage of sin forever. What greater joy than staying in the will of God, in God's power, in God's might, his son of righteousness, with healing in his wings inside my heart. The worldly things are temporary and can't stand the heat of God's son. The world criticizes you, mocks you, persecutes you. Restrictions gets higher. Law gets tougher. Fines can go higher up and then the politics might change and the demographics might change the presidency might change god forbid supreme court might change one day but guess what those things are temporary they don't last forever let them have the last laugh because the last laugh they'll have is only a hundred years in this life we will have the last laugh for eternity as we shout glory glory hallelujah you know, uh, why get bothered by the things of this world? When the wickedness rises, Christians go crazy. But you know what? For us, we should have more joy because that means his coming is closer and that our joy, our time to come is arriving closer and that their laughing is only temporary. Let them beat you. Let them scoff you because it's going to end. It's going to stop. You just keep going on. Keep going on. Problems with job, problems with uh, making money, 
Why are you chasing after the things of this world? They're only temporary. Don't worry about your promotion. Don't worry about a higher pay. Don't worry about your future of success in this world. Trust me, it'll go downhill just like 2020, okay? How was your future plans that time, huh? See, it's only temporary. Don't, don't worry about, you know, your successful life. It's going to fail, okay? Can I repeat that again? Don't worry about your successful life. It's going to fail. Bless God, when you stay in that book, you cannot fail because Jesus never fails. So, you know, don't, don't waste time chasing after the things of this world. Sure, you might see the success from uh, some worldly people, but guess what? It's only temporary. It's only temporary. In the Christian life, it can be hard to live because the way we live is not easy. And we don't claim that it's easy. It's hard. The world's way of doing things seems far easier. You know, just having no responsibility over the kids. Letting the schools handle them, right? Letting technology handle them. Keep them preoccupied. Uh, you know, the Christian way of doing things is so hard. You know, why do the homeschooling thing to stay away from the sinful public education system? Uh, why do I have to keep an eye on my child, make sure that they stay away from all this sinful stuff? Christianity is not easy. And the world seems to have it easier, I know. And they look successful doing it too. They look successful doing it too. You see their car, you see their clothes, and then you see their house, and then you see the nice neighborhood that they live in, and then you're in a crummy neighborhood yourself. You're the one dumb enough to still live over here rather than moving to Idaho or Iowa. And that's the reason why that mentality kicks in and then you feel so down. And you go, being a Christian is just too hard to live. And it's so easy to compromise. It's so easy to give in just a little bit. It's so easy to do the world's way of doing things. And, you know, even if you're a Christian... Didn't you know that you can be a safe Christian and live up to the worldly life and be successful? Look at Lot, a believer, had the success of the world. Everything. He was a part of the judges over there, actually. He was part of the judges. He was one of those people at the Supreme, Supreme Court that you know, helped out the sentencing with Roe versus Wade. You know? Lot thought that he did a very good deed, you know. But, you know, just because of the successful Christians who live up to the world and then they compromise in wrong doctrines, but look at them, they still love Jesus. And look how successful they are. That's why it's so easy to cave into the apostasy. It's so easy to follow along those other Christians. I'm not like the lost people in the world, but look at those Christians in the world. Why can't I be like that? Isn't Joel Osteen's positivity gospel, those preachers, what they've talked about, isn't it true? Isn't it true and doesn't it make us successful? What's wrong with being wealthy? What's wrong with being rich? What's wrong with having my dreams come true? I know that that can kick in, but you know what? Yeah, you're successful temporarily. That's it. It still doesn't change that fact. It's temporary. You can be as successful as Lot until God rains down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. And the world always suffers. Sin always has a heavy price. 
And just because you go on a hype, it's impossible to stay up that hype. You have to pay the piper. That's a law. That's a law. You can't just stand, uh, stand on success without sacrifice, without suffering, without some sort of payment that you have to pay. That's why living the Christian life is the right life. You break sweat. You break tears. You sacrifice and let the Lord build up your success from there. You do it the right way, the Christian, the godly way, because keep going down the worldly way and it might seem easier for your kids to go to public school and then... You know, you get your own successful job and you make your own money and then you can take time off and then let the school system handle them. Wait till 20 years later. You will pay the piper. And then don't blame the Lord. Don't blame Christianity when the kids go down the wrong road. Sin always has a heavy price. The world has a price to pay. Wrong doctrine will have its own price to pay. You wonder why those mega churches have a lot of people leaving churches once they go to college? Because they acted like the world. They, all they gave was the world. They never gave them doctrine. To stabilize them from the college's doctrine. From secular college's doctrine. So you have to pay the piper. It's only temporary. So, you know, when you look at... I know sometimes that jealousy comes out. And it's kind of sad. But it does happen. That jealousy comes out. And we get jealous of our... Listen, fellow brother or sister in Christ. Who seem to have it better than us. But you need to understand that's only temporary. Why be jealous of somebody, especially if the rapture were to happen now? Imagine you got jealous. Right now, let's say you just got jealous of the person sitting next to you. Why does so-and-so have it? You're in heaven. And you go, what am I jealous of now? It's gone. It's gone. What I'm jealous of that person is gone. It's down there. He and I are just naked at the judgment seat of Christ. That's what matters is the judgment of Christ at the end you know what why be jealous those are temporary those things can't stand the heat of god's son god's son is what lasts for eternity his riches in heaven last for eternity his promises are eternal so guess what i'll just stay on god's promises rather than the promises of the world fashionable society will turn to dust and wither and die out they are no greater than my god's power they're temporary so when, uh, you know, look at the bills, look at the job, look at the lavish building, look at the person who seems to have it better than you, even a say believer who has it better than you, just tell yourself this, it's just temporary. My fourth point is faded self, faded self, or faded selves. Uh, look at the last part of James 1.11. So also shall the rich man fade away, in his ways. You'll notice right here that the rich man's in his ways, his own ways of doing things, his own self, individualistic, autonomistic ways fade away. I like how that verse said rich. So this guy's definitely rich in his ways. Can I tell you something, friend? You can be rich in your own way of doing things. Rich and spend so much time in whatever way of doing things that you like to do things. Spend all those countless hours, countless, uh, so much energy, all your resources on your own way of doing things. 
You can be so rich in that, but guess what? It will only last temporarily. And it'll fade away, turn to dust. It'll wither and die. Why? Because they can't stand the heat of God's sun. God's way of doing things lasts for eternity. So, uh, why spend your time doing your own way of doing things? It's so easy for me as a pastor where I try to avoid my three enemies, world, flesh, and devil. But while I'm trying to do what's right, it's so easy to go my way of doing things, God's own way of doing things. My own way of what can I do to build a better, better church. That seems spiritual and right rather than God's way of doing things, where he might tell me to sacrifice, where he might tell me to take the unpopular route, where he might tell me to do the route that I don't like. The problem with Christians nowadays is that they might act all spiritual and right with God, but they're doing it in their own way rather than God's ways. You can soul win, you can read the Bible, pray, and be such a spiritual Christian in the eyes of the people, yet you can still be stuck in your own way of doing things. And that self of yours must die. You'll never have peace until self dies. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. The flesh and your own selfish ways of doing things must die. God will outlast your own way of doing things. No matter how great your plan is, I know how smart you are. I know how much you know that Bible, okay? I know that uh, you graduated from college. Ooh, big deal, okay? Me too, all right? Me too, all right? You have an advanced degree. Good for you. Me too, all right? Look what good it did for me. Made me a pastor in Berkeley, you know? Some good it did, right? Point is, is that all the things that you got and you think you're so smart, no matter how great your plan is, your credentials are, your background, your resume is so perfect, it's still your own way of doing things. Right. And they will wither and die. Yeah, that's it. And you will wither and die. Yes, sir. But God's own way of doing things, it's something with a purpose and a plan that God has a fruit that's going to last forever. Sure, he might tell you to sacrifice something you don't want to sacrifice, but it's done with the intention that will last forever. You know what's sad is that um, when God tells you to sacrifice and you don't sacrifice, you actually sacrifice the eternal things for the temporal rather than sacrificing the temporal for the eternal. Why not sacrifice the temporal, which is you, which is self? Give up those things and grab the ones that last for eternity. One thing about ourselves that we especially have a problem is, is bitterness. Bitterness. Bitterness is such an ugly thing. Bitterness is so ugly, it's a combination of wrath, envy, strife, and everything put together. And bitterness, what that can do inside your heart, the re my question to you is, why hang on to bitterness? Is it worth it? 
It's because I have a right of this, because I have a right of that. I have, see, it's I, 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 I. Who is that? Self. What good is your image looking good when all of that burns up and it's yeah. temporary? What's so special about Gene Kim having his way when Gene Kim, he could have 328,000 subscribe, uh, 338,000 subscribers and then the very next day just gone. Takes one click from a higher up power or from the Lord himself, gone. What great is my self-image? What great is yourself, huh? Because that person made me look bad and what? In front of what? Maybe a hundred people? What about, think about eternity when you're ashamed in front of the whole world of all of history at the judgment seat of Christ for not doing it God's way. Bitterness is such a temporary thing with a temporary limit, with a limited set of people. But the judgment seat of Christ, too many people, too much time. And it's eternal, your rewards. What you do for the Lord, you have to realize, that lasts forever. And the things that you do for yourself, even the person that you're bitter against, you're gonna, it's going to be gone anyway. You're going to forget how to be bitter when you go to heaven. You won't be able to become bitter up in heaven. What good is it holding on to that? That feeling? Does it, does it, it's so amazing. It doesn't feel good, bitterness, but we want to cling on to it. That's one of the fleshly feelings that we don't like, but we cling on to. It's sad. It's temporary. But guess what? It can't stand the heat of God's sun. You know what love is? Love is forever. Wow. Loving one another, that lasts forever. Even when you die, they remember you. More importantly, God remembers you. And at the judgment seat of Christ, so many dead memories will be brought back to life again. And God will show this is what, these are the records that were lost, but will last for eternity now. Bitterness is not worth it. It's only temporary. It'll, it'll easily be swallowed up by God's power. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's called love. It's called forgiveness. It's called humility, understanding who you really are. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. There are a lot of prodigals. There are a lot of people who threw away their Christianity, went their own ways. But guess what? They're only temporary. Why? Because they can't stand the heat of God's son. God, he lasts forever. His promises last forever. His blessings are eternal. And when you go your own way and you, you can quit God's blessing, you can quit uh, God's promises and you can stop and choose your own way, but that's only temporary. That blessing, guess what, though, will still be there. God's promise will still be there. God's working and the Holy Spirit will still be there. You always have a chance to go back to it. That's what lasts for eternity, not yourself. 
No matter how tough your life is, the very worst thing, go ahead and quit. That's the very worst thing I can tell you to do is just quit. Then quit, do whatever you want. But let me tell you this. The only comfort I can give to you for you who do your own way is you might succeed. You might get what you want temporarily. And that's the only comfort I can give you. For those of you who are broken in heart, dragged yourself to church and you're going through a rough time and you feel like that your own way seems to be a better option of doing things rather than God's way because God's way seemed to be the more rough road, the hard road, the complex road, the tough road. I want to encourage you, my friend, that God's way will still outlast your way, that God's way will be more permanent and yours is temporary. So I want to encourage you that, yeah, it's a tough road, but it's the more lasting road. Yeah, it's a hard road, but it's a more peaceful road. Yes, it's a more scary road, but it's a more comforting road. And just keep on to that road. I want to encourage you today that you don't have to feel despair and think my own way is a better way of doing things. You know that? You don't have to be depressed and despair thinking, you know, this Christian way doesn't work. It's my own way. That job opportunity is better. That location to move at is better. You know, compromising a little bit right here seems to be a better option. You know, making friends with the world right here seems to be a better option. And then just doing that in one time seems to be a better option. You know, the devil gets on to me and wants me to quit. I might as well quit. That seems to be a better option. My friend, you don't have to be in despair and think those ways are the better way. I want to encourage you that those things are the worst ways. I want to encourage you that those things are the more scary ways. I want to encourage you that those things are the more painful ways and that your way that you're going right now in the will of God is the best way. It's the right way. It's the happy way. So keep on going. I want to encourage you to just stay on this road. You don't have to feel despaired and think, oh man, now I have to give up. No, you don't have to give up. I want to encourage you today that and you don't have to be in despair about walking out of this church and going your own way. There is hope in the world you're treading. Keep on walking. Every head bow and every eye shut.